Hello, beautiful people and fellow whiners, and welcome to another episode of A Little Something to Whine About with your host, Siobhan Camille. And Taye Michelle. Where sips get real as we chat, laugh, and debate about life, relationships, and so much more over a glass of wine. Normally. Uh, normally. <laughs> it is. <laughs> As you all know, it is Fifth Wednesday, which means we are Journey to Fitness. It is our dry episode. We still gonna wine. We just gonna wine with water, tea, sparkling cider, and everything else under the sun. Um, we are so happy. You know that agua, as was said, um, <laughs> and some tea. We are happy and excited to have with us Miss Alma Derricks of Rev, founder and managing director of Rev, and. We are going to discuss today, uh, and we still celebrate in you know Black Business Month, but we're going to talk about mental health, the fitness of your mind. Um, so grab your water, Pinot d'Agua, <laughs> sparkling cider, and join us on the couch. Hey, y'all. Hey, 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 y'all. I hope y'all are having a wonderful week. I hope you've been getting your gallon of water a day. Don't look at mine so right now. I'm a little behind, but it's okay. <laughs> It's all right. I'm I'm doing today was it was an okay Monday, you know, a Tuesday, whatever day. It was an okay day. So, it is hump day, so that would be Wednesday. Hump day. Look, <laughs> I, look, look, it's been a week though. It has been a week though. So on that note, um, ladies and gentlemen, we are extremely excited to have our guest here. And before we jump in our topic, we're going to let her introduce herself and tell all of us of all the minty things that she's involved in, Miss Alma. <laughs> Thank you, ladies. So nice to be here. Even without the wine, you'll have to have me back so we can sip some wine, but we're going to sip some tea and spill some tea today. So that's kind of what this is. Yeah. Mm. It's getting real either way, okay? <laughs> either way, either way. Uh, so Alma Derricks, um, as you said, I have my own consulting practice, my own boutique consulting practice. I focus specifically on helping companies. The easiest way to describe it is helping companies find their version of Legoland. So oh. doing brand extensions. Um, it's not as easy as it sounds. Um, Legoland makes it sound easy, but Dream you, world. Can do, you can do it badly. You can really overextend, really overextend yourself. Um, before all of that, I've had a really windy career through media and entertainment, um, through strategy. Um, on both ends of the spectrum, I was a partner at Deloitte in the strategy practice and worked with media, technology, telco companies, um, hospitality companies. On the other end, I've also been an operator, so not just advising, um, and places like Cirque du Soleil, where I ran all of the, um, ran sales and marketing for all of the resident shows. So that was Vegas and Orlando and a little bit in Cancun. Um, so I've seen it, you know, seen the business space from- she done it all. From an operator's perspective, I've seen it as a consultant, I've done big consulting, and I've run my own solo, solo practice like I do now. So there's a lot of, um, a lot of mental health going on, trying to <laughs> yes. and keep it all going. So that's where I come from. Yes, yes. Look, so what she's telling y'all is, she done been from the rooter to the tutor. So she <laughs> knows, she know the whole thing inside and out. So you won't get a better reference, okay? 
Um, well, we're going to talk about mental health. Y'all mm-hmm. know in Journey to Fitness, we really focus on like, y'all know, we like to moan, groan, complain, sometimes the word that rhyme with itch, um, about our journeys and what that looks like physically and, you know, your muscles hurt and we've talked about yoga uh, music and yoga and pilates and all of that where all of that is great and it's necessary and you know we're gonna get back well i'm gonna get back to what i'm supposed to have been doing but another part to that is your mental because you have to know your why like why am i causing myself through all these pains why do i want to do two why do i want to do 200 push-ups why (laughs) what is my reason there for this is it for the stereotype is it because i like it i don't is it (laughs) because this is what everybody doing and i want to follow the fad like what mentally makes you get up and do these things and how does that make you feel like how what what are you getting from it so you know we like to explore all of it physically and mentally and honestly mentally is a lot more uh weighing on this journey because if you're not mentally there no matter what your motivations are if you're not motivated mentally then you won't get up speaking from experience you won't get up (laughs) and do anything so when we speak of mental awareness and mental health um miss alma tell me um what are some things that you see you have seen in your wide experiences and like experience of in life in your career um mentally that drains pulls weighs down um and starts to uh prevent us from literally from being the healthiest that we can be mentally oh so many things right i mean it's been a traumatic couple of years it's been a dramatic then add a couple more years to that and a couple more years to that (laughs) it has been hard so I think that the first thing is to just acknowledge that you know you have to find a way you have to acknowledge it but you can't be crippled by it but you have to actually just stop for a moment and accept how hard this especially I mean look we're coming right out of COVID I mean let's just put that one on the table right I mean it's everything in everybody's world flipped upside down. And so we power through things, we're strong, we find ways to, to get through and to get over, but you have to at least acknowledge how painful that is. You have to acknowledge the realities of the things that are pushing down against you, whether it's because you're a woman, whether it's because you're a brown woman, you know, all those things are coming back at you too. And again, you can't gaslight people. You can't you can't just sit back and pretend that stuff's not happening and that it isn't impacting your journey and impacting your success on that journey. So I think the first thing is to just acknowledge that. Um, you know, I've worked in a lot of places where I'm the only one or one of a few of my kind, and that's not always on the radar for people mm-hmm. who are in majority cultures. They just don't, don't see that. They don't see that extra bit that you're having to do, that extra tax right. that you have to deal with when you're the one that's different. But the thing that, you know, I, I think that's um, the first thing, just to, to acknowledge what you're up against. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I think the number one thing that we do wrong is just we, and this is, I think, a, a woman 
thing, mostly, it, it, regardless of color, I think we underestimate what we're capable of. And I think we sell ourselves short. Mm -hmm. And I think in doing so, it creates a lot of frustration. It creates a lot of anger. And I don't think we, we push forward and sort of project ourselves as much as we could. Now, again, there are reasons, for, you know, back to what I just said, there are reasons for that. We get pushed back on when we try to push forward, but you have to not let that get in your head and not let other people's expectations of you get in your head. And, you know, what I've found is that you have to find ways to use being different to your advantage when you can. Doesn't work all the time. But, you know, I've been fortunate enough and I think I didn't realize it originally starting out in the earliest days of my career, but I did start to figure out that I was allowed to be different, especially when I was doing things related to innovation and growth and what's next, whether it was doing internet stuff back in the 90s, being the person who's seeing the future, you were allowed to be different. And in fact, the more different, the better. Mm -hmm. You know, I could almost ride in on a horse and you know, throw a horse. You know, they expect you to be this wizard magician to be, you know, that you better not look like everybody in the room if you're going to come and be the wizard. creative. Mm -hmm. And that started to, you know, I started to realize like, oh, that works. That works in spaces that are new and different and greenfield and forward, where there are no rules, there are no hierarchies. The politics haven't set themselves. And when you're the only one who knows something in a new space, they don't care if you're purple. Nope. You just get to run in that space. <laughs> and I think that when that started to gel for me, I realized that there were places, you know, and especially some of the rooms that I was in at Deloitte in very, very big companies, I was invited into rooms that I wouldn't have been promoted into. Mm. And I was allowed to be there as an advisor. I was allowed to be there to ask questions and poke and prod and come at it from an angle. I probably never would have survived the ladder to get there because when you do that, when you're sort of working your way up a ladder, you're competing with the people next to you. It's about how you fit in. It's about how comfortable you make people. I was allowed to come in from the outside as an advisor and be, you know, in the nicest possible way, ask tough questions. Yeah, you make know? people and as I, uncomfortable as possible with a smile. I like they pay for <laughs> You're paying me now. You're paying me to come you're ask. You're paying me stuff. to do this. So absolutely, I understand. Um, so when, when we acknowledge it and... After we acknowledge it, we go, I'm not going to sell myself short. What are some steps that we can actually like put in place to make sure that we don't revert back to that? Mm -hmm. I think the most important thing is you have to have evidence, right? It can't just be your opinion of yourself. You have to keep in mind, whether it's in a job or whether you're doing something as a consultant or it's a gig project or something, you have to keep in mind that you're amassing evidence of something that you know how to do. And so the thing that gives you the power to say to a company, to say to a boss, here's what I'm worth, here's what I accomplish, here's what I do, is that you've got measurements. So take, for example, if you were in sales, if you have a sales position, if that's your job, it becomes very clear, almost one-to-one, -one, that you sold X hundreds of thousands of dollars worth of something, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. That is objective evidence. And the more objective, you know, objective works for you when you're different. 
objective sort of helps kind of clear the clear the air on the, the subjectivity about he's in the right fit or she's not a right fit or you know she's not someone I'd have a beer with or a glass of wine with like all of those fuzzy things go out of the window when you are the top salesperson or whether some whether some number or metric or something and I think that trying to stay close to not everyone is in sales and not everyone has a number that's that clear and that's that mm -hmm. objective but always think in terms of the result always think in terms of what the outcome is always think in terms of how you know you were given a project and it started at a and then you came in and did this and it ended at b you know there's been something very useful in my head in thinking like a consultant no matter what i do meaning that i think in these kind of little short you know sprints of of impact mm -hmm. you know what's it going to look like in six weeks or eight weeks or two months and then you sort of do it again but you start to amass a story and you start to amass things that you can use as evidence for where you sit and what you know and no matter where you use that that's the story that you want to tell i think a big mistake is you know in a workplace it's easy to just do a little bit of everything you know you you help clean up the kitchen and you help on birthdays and you do all these things that are a part of the of the environment that you're in and it's a part of just being a good citizen in a space with a team mm -hmm. but you can't do that at the expense of being able to demonstrate some kind of value back to the company that usually is tied to the, the money that the company makes either yeah. saving money or making money it's all right 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 so when you talk about um, when you talk about it's easier you came into Deloitte and you were able to be in a certain space, right? That you wouldn't have been promoted in, or coming into it with with objective data, essentially. But mm -hmm. we've all worked in companies for companies where we know that that culture, though, that <laughs> company culture thing is not objective it is not about <laughs> facts and data and facts right like it is very much the these two people watched survivor or the water cooler talk group and they all watch the shows that we don't watch or that i don't watch or we're talking about the music that he doesn't listen to or it becomes a cultural thing and that can weigh down when you feel that even if I'm bringing all of these stats, even if I'm bringing this value, I have my value that I'm bringing to this company, it can become, you feel like a peg or like a cog in that wheel instead of a human because you, you don't fit in that culture. So, and that can be draining mentally, right? So how do we, you know, let's let's spill some tea on what, what, what are your suggestions and how would you deal with the culture? That's not yeah. that objective because it's not. <laughs> sometimes you can't fix the culture. I mean, this gets to the next point, which is about options. I start with the idea that things are likely to blow up <laughs> wherever I am. I start, I mean, and that comes from, look, going all the way back to the internet, back in the early days of the, you know, startup internet stuff in the 90s. You lived with the expectation that this little thing that you're playing with could blow up. This had nothing to do with being brown or being a woman. Just that's what it was. People were taking huge bets, making huge bets, taking huge risks, and things just went away. Some things worked, some things didn't. And you just, you know, I got used to the sense that, 
you know, this could make it a year, this could make it 20 years, we don't know, we're just going to do our best and kind of push ahead. And so I think part of it, Siobhan, is you have to think about having options at all time, what's your plan B, what's your plan C, you know, for me, starting my consulting practice, that happened in 2000, you know, two recessions ago, you know, we're, we're on several recessions back. You probably Good. don't remember. I know, right? I'm about to say, wait, which recession? Because I'm, I'm grown now, and I remember flowing. <laughs> right? <laughs> I was getting out of college during one, man. That was rough. Right. You missed it because you weren't having to get a paycheck, right? But in 2000, the internet just blew up in everybody's face, right? And I had to purge my resume of every E, every dot, every I, anything that had anything to do with what we know as the internet today had to be purged. And so you had to start all over again and hope that there was something left once you purged all those things off of your resume. Right. And at that point, you know, I had to go, okay, so what can I do? And luckily I was just old enough, just had enough working experience to go back to traditional media things for a while. And then the internet kind of continued on and then eventually it popped up again. But for those five or six years, I had to go back to doing traditional media stuff, which luckily I had some credentials in. Um, I th- having one of the things I would say that has improved my or reduced my stress level the most is since I did that. And since I learned how to go out into the world and figure out how to pitch myself and do, do projects. Mm. I never worried that if something blew up on me that I couldn't step back into that role. And I think another thing that I, it's, you know, psychologists write about this, but one of the things that creates the most stress and desperation is just being painted into a corner. Uh-huh. And if you get stuck and, you know, if this job means everything, think about that culture you're talking about, Siobhan. It's bad. You don't watch the right shows. You don't go to the right bars. You don't drink the right, you know, all that. And you're on the outs. But this is the only job you think you have. Then you end up having to put up with that. That creates frustration and bitterness and anger. You're not going to progress in that environment. They're already pushing back against you. And now you're getting angrier and angrier as it goes. So you're not going to do well in this environment. That environment is toxic for you. You have to have a plan B, a plan C, a plan D at all times. And I think that's especially true the more different you are. You know, right? what I say to people, the more, the more matching pieces of luggage you are carrying around, the more plan Bs and Cs and Ds you need to have on the other end. And whatever that is, whether it's going back to a cons- you know, knowing that you could do this stuff as a project person. If your plan B is, you know, I know I could be a barista at Starbucks, you know, but I could do that and I could at least get over until I find the next thing. Mm-hmm. I think if you, if you have in your head some comfort that you are not going to, you know, lose your apartment and lose all your money and lose everything you have because of this one job and you're not clinging to it, you turn the tables and now you've put this back in your own hands a little bit because it's, it's going to be the case. And look, I'm pretty jaded about the fact that I think most environments are not going to be hospitable. Most companies are not well-run. I've seen a lot of companies. I'd say 25% of them mm-hmm. are well-run mm-hmm. and the rest are just treading water. So I assume going into a space that it's either going to be badly managed, toxic in some way, 
or even if it's not toxic to everyone around me, it might be toxic to me because I'm coming in as someone who's different by two or three dimensions. Right. Mm-hmm. And so if I start there and, you know, it's not about being negative, it's just being realistic. And once you've done that, you know, I know that if something blows up, I can always shift right back to this company that I started. You know, the fact that I've had, I have it all set up. I have bank accounts. It has a credit history. It's been around for 20 years. I can just shift right into it and start a project tomorrow with someone. Right. Right. And knowing that gives me a lot of peace. And so I think it's not just about starting, have being an entrepreneur. It's not just about starting an entire business. That's big. But even just the ability to understand your own worth. What is it that you know how to do? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So pretty much you got to have options. Y'all remember that pivot that I've been telling y'all about? It's, it, it applies to your mental health too. Okay, being able to switch it up, being able to um, have a different outlook on something or change your perspective, per se, on something. Um, And um, you're speaking to my soul because I just went through all of this uh, with the help of my sister who was telling me one thing and I was like fighting her and she was like, no, but you got to and that don't matter. And I was like, but it does because and I'm like. I, and these people are not seeing, and I do this, this, that, the other. And she was like, okay, well, you need to put that on your resume. And I was like, but I don't think I don't have. And, blah, blah, blah. and she was like, I told you what to do. So eventually I got my yeah. mind right. Mm-hmm. Got tired, said a prayer and girl doors just started opening. And I was like, look at God, but thank you sis, because you was telling me. <laughs> But I think that that, but to that point, and we, we, we went through her getting a new journey together (laughs) off camera and a little bit on camera. (laughs) Um, But it speaks to your point because part of what I had told her was what you had said. And and it was said to me when I went and applied for the job I have now. um, And they were like, what made you apply to this position? And I was like, I mean, mm." and it, (laughs) But and I told, but I gave my sister the advice that was given unto me when I was transitioning myself two years ago into my current role. And I was reading all this stuff about getting hired and all of this stuff and researching. And to your point, um, Alma, about women taking things differently, there was a whole article that changed my perspective, and it was that women don't apply. It was that right. women don't apply unless they check every box. If there is a list of requirements or, you know, even the require, like, let's be real. We've all seen whatever your search engine is for jobs, the requirements, and then the would be nice. Women are like, I need to have all the requirements and the would be nice because we are still mentally raised to believe that we have to be twice as good. And that goes beyond women. I mean, there are other groups that feel the same way, but mm-hmm. I remember when I read that and then it was like, but men don't do that. Men will have 10 things on the list and they'll check like, oh, I'm definitely here for three. The other seven, I'll figure it out. And they apply. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to just start applying then. I'm going to just, I'm going to be a man real quick. Okay. (laughs) People think I am anyway, because my name, people can't figure out Siobhan is a girl or a boy. I'm going to be a boy today. I'm going to just apply. Okay. (laughs) And that's how I got my current job. And I remember my my boss at the time, because she's transitioned to another department, but she was like, you know, what made you apply for this job? And I said, well, first of all, 
it was it was something I understood, like multimedia associate versus learning technology associate, which is what I technically am, but that's not how that was worded. Because I was like, yeah, I probably want to plot. I don't know what that is. But then I told her, like, and it was down to, I just was like, it the I didn't even read necessarily what it required too much. I read more of like what the job itself is, and I was mm-hmm. like, that's interesting to me, so I'm gonna apply. And I was like, and mm-hmm. I told her about the article, and because I I work in um professional training she's like oh I read that article so that was like a conversation she and I had and I took that to my sister when she was doing her whole I don't have a degree I don't want this and they gonna want this but I don't do this and I didn't get and I told her like it's not all about the paper honey you have the experience what is it that you actually do at your job well I do this 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 and this what is it that they want you to do at another job what they want me to do this this and this but I I haven't done two of the 20 things they listed i said no it wasn't i hadn't done it it was i don't know what that is (laughs) well that was part of it (laughs) because yeah that's the other thing you word stuff weird like i don't know what that is (laughs) you make the case right you make the case with what you've got if there are 20 things and you've got 18 of them you make the case for those 18 you just go in there and sell those 18 like crazy you don't have to lie and say yes i know or something i have never seen i don't know what that is but look you 18 out of 20 is a majority of this job and i can knock every single one of these outside of the park and i'm sure i can learn the other two yeah and and that's what ended up happening and i was like oh oh i can't do this it worked it worked so thank god and then i was like and you'll be keeping people in my ear so my sister i was like girl i got like she was probably like the first two people i told i got the job like oh my god um but yes to that point and instantly for me it one showed me one how much i was underestimated myself that was one um and mentally honestly after realizing my value outside of myself, because I knew what I could do, but someone else seeing my value and seeing it to a point of X amount of dollars or X amount of this, or you, we, we want you to do X this, no, we trust you with this and them not even knowing who I am. Um, it Mentally, it, it triggered something else in me. Okay, well, if that worked here, how can I take these same principles and apply them here so where that has worked here now I'm in the transition of okay now I got to get back to for me my physical workout you know I've done this oh I see I've I've seen my stress levels go down I've seen how my interactions with certain people have changed um and I guess it was just like a trigger like a small like that small trigger that was just like oh, well, if this worked here, how does this work here? Well, it relieved the stress here mentally. I'm still a little strong on this side. What can I do now to mentally, where's the trigger? It got me to look into where the trigger was on other things (laughs) Um, to bring that mental down to where it can be some type of balance. Because I I am, like I've always said, I'm going to believe that when one is balanced, it's something that's generally lacking it may not be it's not in disarray but it's just it's lacking so it it's it's a um it's a beam you gotta you know and you, you're never always here it's always a give and take type thing so 
for me, that's what that was. Um, but just when, as women, when we get in those high tense, high stressed, um, high pressure, high pressure moments, I don't think we realize how that triggers us internally, like physically, um, you know, from hormone levels to blood pressure and sleep, you know, <laughs> sleep. Yes. You know, and how all of that then just has a domino effect on us. I think now we're becoming more aware and um, more because you're you're hearing it more now with mental health being such a big thing right now, which is great. Um, I just don't want us to get so caught up on mental that we forget about physical because they're hand in hand (laughs) on that. Um, But um, so how do you make peace? Yes, that's what I was, that was, that's where I was getting, but that's where we need to go. Like, okay, we acknowledge, we see, we make the pivot, make the change. Oh, we got to stop undervaluing ourselves. Now what? Look, and I, I, I want to call out something that you said that's really important about, and this is about making peace and keeping peace as well. You said that both of you were there to look out for each other and give each other a lens that you didn't have at that point. You couldn't see it for yourself. And we all need that. We all, I, I need it to this day. It's not something that gets better <laughs> over time. I don't think it goes away. I think none of us see ourselves exactly the same way. And you need people to hold hands with that know you that well. And they're willing to tell you those things and to help you see it. I think that's a huge part of kind of just keeping yourself in perspective. And helping to understand, you know, for yourself where those strengths are. You know, I still do this to this day. I was just having a conversation with someone that worked for me five years ago. But what did I do well and what did I do poorly when I was your boss? You know, Mm. we're still, I was still asking that question. And I trusted because this is someone I'm now very close to that I was going to get an answer that was meaningful. Right. And so you're still kind of asking without it tearing me apart, without it tearing, it wasn't about tearing down my self esteem. I really wanted to know. You were sitting there in the seat, and I know you well enough now that I know you won't lie to me. Tell me. And so I think that what I just want to call, just, just highlight, you know, the, we, we need those kinds of voices. We need those people outside of ourselves because all the stuff that we're talking about that rattles around in our head, we, we are the worst at it. You know, it just bangs around and bangs around and you have to get outside of yourself. I think that's a huge part of making peace with some of this. You have to get some realistic feedback. Um, And I think the more, and I love what you said about, you know, once you felt that control, once you stopped having that stuff rattle around, you applied, it worked out, then you feel a little bit stronger and a little bit stronger. Mm -hmm. And now you can look at other things. I mean, look at how it compounds and it builds. On itself. And so I think a part of that, you know, trying to move forward is just getting those moments where you get these little wins mm-hmm. and taking a moment mm-hmm. to acknowledge those little wins that happen. Like I was right about this thing and it worked. And I took, you know, I, I was proactive about it and this happened and then this happened and then this happened. And it helps you absorb too. You know, another part of making peace is absorbing when it doesn't work. You know, you probably applied to several things. They all didn't work out, but the one you wanted worked out and all you need is one yes at any given time for the most part, 
you know, I don't need 22 yeses. I need one. No, yes. no, no, no. Look, I, I had one yes, and then this yes came through, and I was like, oh, for real? <laughs> <laughs> Are you serious? I don't, I, I told you, I said, oh, I don't think they know. I, huh? And she was like, told you so. <laughs> And I'm quick to say it. I'm not even gonna pretend that I'm a better person. I'm not a better person to say it. She's not that person. I'm not a better better person than that. I will tell you that I told you. So like I told you that. And I'd be like, okay, yes, I know. (laughs) You did. Yes, (laughs) you did. I'm sorry. But I look, I'm here now. I'm with you now. I see it. Once you you feel that you don't go back, you know, you, you can waver, but in general, you just keep getting stronger Mm -hmm. and, and, you know, more confident about things, you know, what, you know, at that point, and no one can tell you differently. And that's the kind of thing that helps you in your heart of hearts, just know, you know, that Siobhan, you mentioned like, you know, again, a toxic environment, a place where it's just not working out. That gives you the confidence to go, you know, someone said this to me once, you just need to go be successful somewhere else is -hmm. what needs to happen. And that's not giving up. I mean, you you know, how many times are you going to bang your head into the wall with the bad water cooler and the toxic environment and the people who aren't supportive? There's a point at which, you know, you're outnumbered. You Mm -hmm. really are. And you're not going to change the culture. You're not going to bend it in any kind of way. And so that's when in your head, you keep doing your work and you start back to the plan B, plan C, plan D. I think that's another thing. We don't give up. I think sometimes we mistake the idea of being, um, of sticking to something and kind of pushing through it and surviving it. You know, Uh I'm going to change. Sometimes it's just not going to happen. It just you're again, you're outnumbered and you have to know when that happens. And that's where the comfort of going, okay, I, I know I can go do something else. Uh-huh. Or we I just get this- used to enduring, right? Uh-huh. Like I think we as women, especially are taught to endure. I mean, your body can give birth, whether you choose to or not. That's an enduring situation, right? You go through menstruation every month or every however frequent that is. You endure. And I think we get to the point where we endure. And I'm I'm speaking this for myself personally because I know the only reason I left my old job, I got, God made it so uncomfortable <laughs> that I just couldn't, like, it was like, yo, I don't leave, I'm gonna go to jail. Like, it got so uncomfortable. And I would be like, no, we're not going to To my spirit that I was like, Yo, I can't. I and it's so funny because um the boyfriend, as he is now known, um, we I would be on the phone with him all day at work or with Michelle or with our other sister Erica, because I just I couldn't deal. Like I had an office with a door and that door stayed closed. And I will never forget the boyfriend and I were talking about this the other day. And he was like, I knew you were ready to leave the other job because and I remember this moment. Somebody, I said to him, hold on. Somebody was calling me on my, you know, my internal line. And I said, yes. And they were like, hey, can you do the whatever report? And I was like, no, nah, I'm not gonna be able to do that today. I'm working on this. Okay, do you know if you'll be able to get his asset? I mean, if it's not pressing, this is like a Tuesday. If it's not pressing, I might be able to get to it by Friday, but I'm just swamped. All right, well, that's fine. Okay, cool. Hung up, got back on the phone with him. I was watching like how I met your mother on my laptop. I mean, I was doing some work, but I was like organizing spreadsheets. You know what I'm saying? Like, I was like, yo, and he just bust out laughing. He was like, in that moment, I knew you were done because that's not your work ethic. 
Like anybody that knows me, that's right. not my work Ooh. ethic at all to be like yeah I don't, I don't care anymore like if I've gotten to that point something's that, wrong something's wrong and that's when I knew it was time for me to go I was that uncomfortable that it was making me not who I am that it was that's like exactly. yo it's time to go and and to that point what it took was me going back getting a getting a certificate in web design and development which I kind of used but more so being and and what I try to tell my sister when she was going through her job hunt, being willing to take a risk, man. Like that's how you make your way to your Zion, whatever that happens to be for you, is being willing to take that risk. Um, like you said, if you need to be a barista, I couldn't do that. My bills were too big, and it was just me. I wasn't gonna be able to barista nowhere. But it was. I'm so uncomfortable here that I have to, I have to move on. Mm-hmm. Like I have to get out of here for my own sanity and health because y'all are turning me into a person that I'm not. And, and I you don't to need to say until you're just about crazy. You can right. you can roll that back. You can leave a whole lot sooner when you see you know how this movie is going to end. That's another thing that life teaches you. Yes. You yes. know, I can see right here, right now, I can see how this is going to play out. Yes. I, I know it's here and I don't want to take that ride again. And I know when it's time to just, again, you don't stomp out, you, you know, do things yes. that are reasonable, mm-hmm. but you, at that point, you sort of know, I need to find the next thing. I need yeah. to start looking. Yeah. You know, um, don't wait till you're on, you know, at your wits end about to kill somebody. That's just not, talk about <laughs> not mental health. That's the opposite of mental health. Like you, <laughs> you, that's the, and that's taking control of the circumstances around you. I don't think anybody likes feeling like a victim. No one likes feeling no like they're being pushed and pulled that nothing takes away your esteem and your happiness and just your, your sense of self as that sense of just being victimized by this place. So you have to turn it around. You have to turn it around. Absolutely. They're not going to do it for you. Remember they no, hate you. They, they will, gonna... they will run you dry mm-hmm. and, and say, Oh, I didn't realize after the fact. Oh yeah. yeah after yeah. the fact. Um, or then it's one of those people don't, or it's one of those people don't see when you're provoked, but they see when you react. Yeah. But like you said, we persevere to the point, our game face is so good that we can be on the verge of a complete breakdown and no one will know, you know? So that's another problem. I mean, if you were waiting for your boss to go, Siobhan, are you, you know, I, we should talk. Can I help you here? If you're there putting on your strong girl, Mm-hmm. you know game face all the time like we've all learned to do mm-hmm. then no one knows you've done a really good job hiding the fact that you are going crazy inside mm-hmm. you know and so how so in their defense the only thing I will say is if they had an inkling about reaching out to help you you didn't give them an opening oh they knew because they knew I was about how you're doing you're like I got this got it you know and you just put on that face so you know, that's the other side of that, that resilience thing that can be really damaging if you just are, are tamping down all these things that are really hurting you on the right. inside. Right. And I think, um, it's like I said, especially lately, people are starting to say, no, I'm not strong enough to handle this. No, I can't do this. No, this does hurt. No, I feel backed against the wall. There's, I think, I'll speak to us as women because that's who I have seen most of it from. I've seen it from some males, but most of that I have started to see from women. No, I'm not that strong black woman. 
I, 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 I'm soft on the inside. I'm mush. I'm hurting. I have other feelings. Strength is not me all day long. I'm weak over here. You know, I struggle. I, and, um, to me, and if that in itself takes a level of strength, which is so weird because you would think that you should be able to say, no, that hurts. Like I can't do that. But to it, it's it's so weird to hear a woman say, no, I can't say that I'm weak. I can't say that. And you're like, but you're human. You're not, you know, invincible woman. You're, but it's so mind blowing because we're so trained to, we can take it on the chin. We can take it on the chin. We can endure to, to literally see us saying, I can't endure this anymore. Yeah. Well, you have to have the only thing I'd say is that you can't let that out at all times. You know, there's right. in a right now, the work will never see me. I will never break. Oh, it. absolutely not. You got to know who to do it around. You know but, where, but you have to have that outlet. Absolutely. Right. You have to place that safe place you can go to right. and say those. Things absolutely. Absolutely. And I think that's another place we, for a long time, we didn't have safe. Well, it wasn't mm. advertised to have those safe places. I think that now that that, because that's become more of a conversation globally, um, more those spaces are now, be, have become available. Um, even to the point where now, you know, your jobs are starting to give people mental health weeks, mental health days and things like that. Oh, where you feel you can't just take a mental health day because you need to literally turn your brain off. Um, so I think that speaks to the growth and the direction of where we're going. You absolutely cannot, if you are listening, please understand. No, we are not telling you go in your job and go, oh my God, I can't take this. This is just too much for me. Don't do that. Don't do that. <laughs> I mean, unless you're really there. I'm not going to tell you not to do that. I don't know your job. If you, if your job, and I'm only saying this, no, I'm only saying this because like I know people who ever since because of COVID either people left because they didn't want to do the vaccine for very whatever reason they didn't either people were fired because companies were in the middle of downsizing and the people who were left were literally given you have the job not even the this isn't in my job description but literally that's not my job like now you have okay I need you to handle chemicals and I need you to be the janitor and I need you to be the trainer and I need you to be like to the point where if you are really there and you've been doing that for a year plus, because some people haven't gotten, even if they have on the books, mental health days, haven't really had the opportunity to take them because there's nobody to cover for you. You really do need to tell somebody. Cause I remember like in the nineties, I wasn't working. Okay. But I do remember like on TV, like the whole thing about people going postal was yeah. a legit thing. People, Postal workers were going crazy. Y'all. They was running up in the buildings and shooting like everybody because they got to that point. And we had a couple over here in Maryland not too long ago. Didn't make yep. the whole national news or anything, but there was a factory that five people got shot up. Yeah, um, yeah. People are getting, so if you really are on that level, maybe, you know, don't go in there balling, but I don't, I don't know you. I don't know how much you can take that you can't. I think what we're coming to to michelle's point i think what the bigger thing is is people are realizing and having to acknowledge that your workers are human beings 
And I think because everybody, because COVID forced everybody to realize the humanity of the person across from them, next to them, above them, their subordinate, their superior, whatever, that we all have this thing called humanity, especially because for a lot of us who went virtual, you're now in my house through a screen, through Zoom, through Google Meet, through whatever platform, WebEx, duh. You are in my house. You hear these kids in the background screaming. You got it. I can't be here, man. I got to go. Hold on. Give me a second to go get my kids some food. I have a husband here who I have to do whatever. My dog has to go outside. I'm here. I don't have a babysit. I think humanity came, right? And I think people are just forcing, especially like the younger generations, are forcing people to hold on to that. I'm a human. Um. I'm still a human being, like, which is why so many people are against going back to the status quo of the way things were before. Yeah. 100%. I mean, look, I think the only difference is that if, if I saw that and I'm on the edge, you can still go to a boss and say, here are the things that are happening. Right. You know, this is acceptable before you burst into tears yourself. You can still go and have that conversation about here's what I'm seeing. Here's what I'm seeing around me. Let me put this on your radar in case you missed it or you're trying to avoid it. Here it is. That's how I approach it. You mm -hmm. know, just that's me. You know, I wouldn't go in and say, I'm like, I, there's no, there's no, I mean, I'm me. not that person either, but I don't want the people right. that are that way to feel right. bad that you're that. Oh, no, no. If you're that way. You can feel that way, but you can go like the courage, the courageous part is to go and call it out and to have, to call a meeting with your boss and say, here, here's what's happening out in the world. You've given us mental health days. I mean, you gave great examples. You've given us mental health days, but how and when are people really going to take that? You know, you can make it a report from the field to just say, here's what's happening and here's what's not working and what? make it is something that you report on and then leave it to them. And if they don't respond to that, once you put it on their plate, that's another piece of evidence that, that maybe you, you that need. That you can carry with you and take some Before you make it, I, I just don't make those moments about, about me so much. I, you know, I, I just tend not to do that. Look, I, I was raised by my father. So I have tendencies that are a little bit male. I know that. And, it's okay. And, I, so I so my game face is a plus and I don't I just don't go into spaces or move through spaces like that I learn the way to I walk and talk from a man and so I would I just would never I would never let let that down not in a million years yeah, that's just that's my wiring right no 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 that's fine I was speaking to the extreme you know oh, yeah. So, yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah oh yeah oh yeah oh my business my business part of me Yes, my business point of me would have been like, I would have been crying in the bathroom, but I would have got myself together. So when I walked out there, you would have saw the the straight face, no games. Okay, this I'm going to present you X, Y, and Z. But mm -hmm. I might cry before and after. Yes. I give you. In my home, you can scream and cry all right. you want. All that. Uh, my mother, my mother is my, my vent outside of Siobhan. I was raised by two engineers. I am completely on that left. I don't, that's not my, that's not my go-to. I just don't like making emotional people feel bad. I'm not that emotional. If mm -hmm. I get to the level of emotional, everybody should run. Yes. That's <laughs> right. It's, it's about I to I have explore. seen her emotional, I want to say twice. And I was like, 
I don't know what to do. <laughs> Everybody should duck and move because I'm not. This is not no, I don't, I don't know how I could help her because she's not like this. <laughs> what? I, I don't. Uh, you don't want to hug. What? What you? I help. <laughs> like, that's all I can, what you? I can help. I, what you need? Just tell me what to do, okay? Because you emotional. That's not normal. <laughs> right now. <laughs> So um, as we come to this conclusion, this has been wonderful. It has been so great speaking to you. What is your final thought to help us in this business environment, whether we are CEOs, entrepreneurs, cogs in the wheel, whatever we are as human beings, <laughs> to make our best, our best space for us mentally to serve, to not only just survive, but y'all know we had a whole episode about surviving and thriving and coping but to thrive in, in our situation. I mean, I, I'll go back to something I said and just put an exclamation mark on it. Know your value, know your worth, know your skills and know how, it, back to the pivoting idea, know how to take that value out into the world and move it somewhere else if need be. I really do think it comes down to that options thing. I know I've never been more unhappy or angry or desperate than when I felt like I was boxed in somehow. And that was one, that was a lesson. I will never do this again. I will never get myself hemmed into this corner in a way that I can't move. And I think it's imperative that you figure out what that is. I also do think, you know, I, I did say it's not necessarily about starting your own business necessarily. Not everyone is built to be an entrepreneur, but I would put it on every woman's radar. I mean, look, as long as we are still making 70 cents on the dollar, I could get underpaid and own the thing that I do, right? I could, I could think about it. Like you could actually make 30% less because you're running a cupcake shop now. And because it doesn't pay as much as your last job, but it's a straight up salary that is, is the, 30% less than you were making, but it's yours. Mm -hmm. And I find it very hard to look a young woman in the eye and say, just get on the treadmill and grind until you make it in this environment that is not going to be hospitable to you. That's not going to be welcoming. That's not going to be, you know, that's going to create stress in your life um, with people that you're fighting uphill against. I think we all more just it, it's the next step from that acknowledging when you see a job description that I don't need to do all 20 things I can do 18 and I can pitch for this and I can win. I think we all need to keep on our radar the idea of starting something of our own whether it's something individual that you do. You make something and sell it on Etsy and that's your business it's you know you do something on YouTube and you sell ads against it something individual or thinking about starting an entire company and hiring people and building something. I think we need to put that on the radar more because those are things where on your worst day, it's yours. You know, you're not victim and subject to somebody else's whims. The whims are yours now. (laughs) You get to be the one that that sets the whims, sets the tones and hopefully makes, makes the workplace a little bit better for the people that come behind you because you know what it's like when it's bad. And so you go out of your way to make that space better. So I just think thinking outside of being trapped 
in any of these places that we are, just doing everything you can to not feel trapped in those spaces. If it's getting another degree, if it's getting another certificate, if it's building another skill. And, and like I said at the beginning, something that is tangible, those certificates say you have been trained in this. No one can take that away from you. So you just keep amassing things that give you options and give you room to move and shift and pivot because stuff's just always gonna come at you. It just always will. And you have to be able to bob and weave, you know, keep your feet moving. Yeah, keep your feet moving. So, Get that shuffle, that life shuffle going on. Uh, 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 basketball. Oh, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> so, ladies and gentlemen, just to wrap it all up, what we're saying, what Miss Alma, the beautiful Miss Alma, the knowledge that she has given us is just simply this one, acknowledge. After you acknowledge, don't sell yourself short. Never. And ways not to do that, objectify your evidence, you know? And when you, if you gotta write it down, write it down. Create your own resume of your life, not just for the job, your resume of life, the things you've accomplished and how you got there. That objective evidence can get you to the next, the next step. And also it opens up your eyes to what are your other options? What are your other options? How can I take this and apply this over here and over here and over there and, and address those? And last but not least, community and accountability. Have someone that you can go and scream and holler to, someone who will encourage you, someone who will let you have your emotional moment and then say, okay, but what are our next steps? <laughs> if you can't have that, therapy works. <laughs> Get your therapist. I promise you. It, it helps. It helps. It helps. It helps. But always seek wise counsel. And on that note, ladies and gentlemen, we will say cheers to that. We would like to thank Miss Alma for joining us today. Yes. It has been wonderful. A so much fun conversation. So much fun. Good times. And we definitely hope you got a lot of knowledge that you could take away from this, y'all. We should have told y'all grab some water and a pen and some paper to write this stuff down. <laughs> <laughs> okay. But you can always go back on YouTube and rewatch it again and again and again. You know, get press you a pause. glass of wine. <laughs> right. Press pause, get you a glass of wine, put some paper, take some notes. All of that good stuff. So, Miss Alma, thank you, thank you, thank you. We will definitely have you back when we are sipping our glasses of wine. Yes, <laughs> you better, you better do it. <laughs> we will, we will, oh, we, we will, will. <laughs> we will. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, this brings us to the wonderful conclusion of a little something to wine about with your hostesses, Ty A. Michelle and Siobhan Camille. Be sure to join us each and every Wednesday for more laughs, more fun, and normally more wine. <laughs> we go live every last Saturday of the month at 3 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, so be sure to check us out live on YouTube and Instagram at a little something, the number two, wine about. And remember, as always, there's nothing wrong with a little wine. Or a lot. Thank you for whining with us on this episode of A Little Something to Whine About. Don't forget to like, share, comment, and subscribe. 
Be sure to join us live the last Saturday of every month on YouTube or Instagram. And we'll see you next Wednesday for more fun, more laughs, and of course, more wine.